Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. There's no fighting during Christmas. Welcome to the Dented Can Show. Hey, how is everybody today? And welcome to this episode of the Dented Can Show. Wow, we are in full holiday swing here. Not much left to the year. Uh, comes a time of reflection and uh, change. <laughs> uh, some change for good, some for the bad, but hey, you're not alone because you've got us. Um, in today's episode, uh, I thought I'd talk about my favorite Christmas songs. And then later on, uh, we sit down with Brother John and uh, we just kind of started talking about bourbon and uh, kind of just became a freestyle. So uh, we hope you enjoy that. And uh, I don't know, maybe we'll talk about some other stuff. But just uh, hold on there one second and we'll be right back. right we're back welcome back thank you for listening as always i am your host dave and we are going to talk into the holidays we go with my top 10 favorite christmas songs why uh i love music and sometimes we just got to be a little more festive um coming in at number 10 Blue Christmas, sung by one Elvis Presley, uh, off Elvis's Christmas album, released in 1957, uh, written by Billy Hayes and J.W. Johnson. Who doesn't love Elvis? Um, coming in at number nine is kind of a twofer. Uh, they were both written by renowned jazz man Vince Girardi. Um, first one is Linus and Lucy and the second is Christmas is Here Linus and Lucy being released the uh, 1964 Christmas is Here released the following year in 65 many of you might remember those from the Christmas Peanuts special Snoopy and uh, Lucy and Linus Charlie Brown um Woodstock, the little cute little yellow bird. Um, the, these two just bring back, you know, just really fond memories of, you know, Christmas of yesteryear <laughs> in my house growing up. Um, you know, if it was a Christmas at home, you know, just plop me down in front of the TV and, you know, always watch this and, Mom and Dad were doing Mom and Dad stuff, and there'd usually be a fire going in the fireplace. It was nice, you know? So it just kind of kicks up some nice memories. Uh, next, we have Santa Claus is Coming to Town. Um, 
the Bruce Springsteen version. Um, rock and roll. Uh, who doesn't like the boss? Ah, it's a PLR staple. <laughs> uh, WPLR is my favorite rock and roll radio station. <laughs> Love you guys. Um, coming in at number seven, I'm going to throw you guys for a little loop here. Uh, because I am a fan of Run DMC. I grew up with them. So, this one is Christmas in Hollis. Released in 1997. And included on A Very Special Christmas. It's just fun. Gotta make the holidays fun. Uh... Following Christmas in Hollis, we have Father Christmas, done by the Kinks, uh, released in 1977, uh, B-side on Prince of Punk, uh, <laughs> coming in at number five, song number five. <laughs> um, it is the 12 Days of Christmas Done by ska band Reliant K Released in 2003 Off Deck the Halls Bruise Your Hand uh, To note They are A Christian ska band um, Just kind of an interesting fact um, I typically try to keep my rock and roll non-denominational. Um, I believe that, you know, a lot of that's just, that's your personal business. Um, but they're very, uh, from what I understand, they're very open about it. So, um, for those of you that are, uh, looking for that specifically, there you go. Um... Coming in at number four, Run Rudolph Run, done by the Foo Fighters. Um, of course, it was a Chuck Berry sensation in 19, released, I believe, in 1955. Maybe that's just when it was huge. I don't know. That's the date I found. Um, the Foo Fighters released that version. Uh, in 2020 you know the year we really don't like to talk about <laughs> um but you know what if none of that stuff had happened i wouldn't have the dented can so silver linings people silver linings um number three have yourself a merry christmas um from Twisted Sister off A Twisted Christmas released in 2006. Again, uh, it's just fun. It's fun and it's interesting to see how a, a band that's known for just loud rock and roll 
can come in and do their version of these classic Christmas songs. It's just, you know, right on. I think that's what makes me appreciate it a little more. Um, I'm also biased. I do happen to like Twisted Sister. So, um, and then, uh, off 1990s, Razor's Edge, of course, A Mistress for Christmas by ACDC. Dude, come on. Um, we'll leave that one alone. <laughs> and then, uh, coming in at number one is You're a Mean One, Mr. Grinch, done by Small Town Titans, released in 2018, off the Hybrid Sessions. Uh, of course, it was a uh, Dr. Seuss, 1966. Uh, super fun. It's heavy. And I love it. I love it. I love it. <laughs> so there we go. Uh, yeah, I know. I know you're all thinking the same thing. Why not just do 12 12 songs is in the 12 days of Christmas. I got it. Yes. Hindsight. Um, but <laughs> we did not think of that at the time. So, so there's my, uh, there is my, uh, 10 favorite Christmas songs. Uh, check them out. Maybe you'll like them, uh, too. Share. I don't know. Enjoy. Uh, stay tuned. We'll be right back with John. Alrighty, and welcome to this segment of the Den of Can Show. And guess who I found? I found a John. <laughs> uh, How's it going, been? everybody? What have you been up to? Oh, just work stuff, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Having a good time, at least. Ah, uh, you know, it's not bad. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. So, you brought some of uh, our guest Hatch's uh, booze here. Yeah, yeah. What um, can you tell me about? So we have an Irish whiskey. Um, I found that that actually drank most similar to the Bushmills Sherry Cask Edition, mm. and the Wild Child is kind of like. Um, know how to explain it it, it kind of drank like maker's mark for me a little bit but i could be off the the mark in terms of the flavors and then we have his bourbon um really really nice that was kind of my favorite that was the rock star for me right on yeah i i too i'm thinking i'm gonna agree with you i love the uh the bourbon probably the best out of them um the irish was really good too yeah um what did you call it? The wild child? Yeah. Whew. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's... Whew. Yeah, yeah. It's got, it's, it's got a little heat to it. What I like, yeah. But it's still... You still have some flavor. Um, do you know the, 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 the alcohol on that? Because it is pretty hot. Not off the top of my head, I don't. Um, I, I, 
me and <laughs> John and I were joking about this, that we need to do a little bit more uh, labeling and description, but, um, you know, obviously you know that he is very much doing this kind of in a much different scale than um, other producers might be. Right, right. You know right. what I mean? Um, yeah, and, and, and one thing to take into account is that they're, they're all very young. Yeah. Know? So... Um, but you know what? It was it was a pleasure to be able to finally taste, you know, something that that we've been waiting for. So, Hatch, wonderful job. Um, lost my thought because I am a moon unit. <laughs> oh, what did you think of this Sono barrel uh, cast strength? Um. Yeah. I mean, it's it's definitely interesting. There's more depth. You're actually getting. Uh, more of a bourbon situation going on when you said chocolate. I thought that was really uh, a good point. I, I kind of got that as well. Um, just completely different than the regular uh, BBN. This being uh, basically their cast strength BBN. I think, uh, yeah, it was interesting. It, it's starting to taste a lot more like a bourbon. Before, it just didn't. And then, I wish we could, but... <laughs> Yeah. You know, like I said, this one will be when the asteroid's coming down. Um, but this is an interesting note. This is a uh, Water Cure Farm Distillery uh, in Pomfret, Connecticut. And I was did a delivery in Danielson and happened to just stumble across this distillery. They're only running a 50-gallon still. So they're building 100. Uh, so they're... Uh, they're working on it, but the stuff that I was able to taste is is uh, fantastic. Uh, and a funny note, uh, they actually have a shiitake mushroom vodka. Wow, all right. So I did not get to taste it because it just, what they have, it flies. Yeah. It yeah. flies. Well, so, that's, that's the thing about a lot of the uh, smaller distilleries. You know, we have, especially in the RTD market... The smaller distillers are getting together things like, you know, espresso martinis, uh, you know, whatever their other beverages may be. And there's a lot of um, push for RTD, but that's really where these distilleries are sort of making their name get out there in, in a way. And um, I mean, it's interesting because we had the, the craft beer movement and mm. obviously you and I have been fans of the craft beer movement since, you know, I mean... Seahag arguably started it. <laughs> well, yeah. New England Brewing, I should say, but I always call them by their namesake beer or, you know, their flagship. But, um, yeah, it's, it's interesting. Um, time will tell uh, because some of the bourbons and whiskeys that people really love, like, um, I'm trying to think of a name off the top of my head. You know, one of the ones that was like the original distillers. Um, some of them I... I I actually like, and others, I'm like, uh, go back to the drawing board. <laughs> what I really liked about this Watercrest Farm, first of all, it's uh, the first farm distillery in the state of Connecticut. Apparently wow. that whole thing was repealed um, in 2020. Um, and they also seem to, you know, it's not just bourbon and vodka. They um they actually have two versions of an apple uh 
I think it's an apple cider rum. Ooh, okay. Apple spiced flavored rum. So, and I thought of you, and of course I couldn't taste that one either. <laughs> it was gone. Right, <laughs> they yeah. They didn't have any. So, um, well, with a 50-gallon still, you're, you're not going to be producing as much as some of these larger uh, distilleries like Fifth State and uh, Sono. Right. So, um, but I'd really like to see these guys grow. Um, all, their, all the stuff that goes into, goes into this is grown on the farm. Oh, that's beautiful. So, it's... so they source all their, all their materials uh, super local, if not on the farm. So to give you guys an idea of why that's so important, if you consider the fact that apples can ship from as far as um, Argentina, Chile, uh, New Zealand... When you consider that apples are actually native to Russia, the first apples, um, basically, especially with you know all different political structures and things that are going on in the world, uh, shipping the grains is going to become a major issue for yeah. distillers. So the fact that you have that not only solving sort of their shipping issues and those potential things, but you now have it having a positive environmental impact because they're able to move and rotate those fields and do quite a bit on the land without you know putting it on a truck so to speak and i mean dave you've driven said trucks you know they pollute yeah like, yeah. yeah no they, that's you know for sure something uh to really think about i mean they say diesels you know burns cleaner but you know it's it's still exhaust right <laughs> it's exactly still bad. um i knew this one would kind of be up your alley because you are all about that uh you know, farming, um, the agricultural elements of a lot of the things that we're into. Yeah. Um, so I thought I'd, that's why I kind of saved this one for you. <laughs> yeah. One, my little, my little <laughs> Easter egg for you, um, was this little guy and it, and it really is good. And, uh, you know, there's, there's surrounded by campsites, campgrounds. Okay. Awesome. So, so, you know, so like, it's kind of a cool thing. Like you could be up there camping and, you know end up hiking out onto their land and you can go right to the tasting room and oh that's nice you know. yeah and and really i mean with all that it something like that is full sustainability which is nice so by supporting a brand like that you're supporting it in a way that makes sense because you know oftentimes especially if we talk in terms of things like you know how do i buy from a local farm how do i get x y or z and you know okay well Last time it was awesome. This year it's not that fluctuation. With distilling, you actually have a capability to control the fluctuation of the product. Mm -hmm. And I think that's kind of cool as well because, I mean, as you know, certain certain local things can be really good and other local things can be not so good. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I, I, I do know that. And uh, I appreciate everybody's efforts. Um, one thing, and and I know we're now I'm we're diving into the world of opinions, and you know, <laughs> we you know, just like asshole, everybody's got one. <laughs> um, just gonna say that we're not spreading any any haterade here, but I I would I what I would like to see with all these distilleries, you know, in the state of Connecticut, I'd like to see a majority of the restaurants having a bottle or two on the shelf. You know, according to what, you know, 
their 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 demographic is. So mm-hmm. if you sell a lot of vodka drinks, you know maybe maybe fifth states vodka. Right. Um, I know it was refreshing the other day to see uh, fifth estates uh, products even sort of advertised as well by uh, Peter over at Aspatalk. Um, big yeah. shout out to Peter. Satin Sheets is back. Those of you that are local. <laughs> <laughs> you know. <laughs> um, but if you don't know. Beautiful chocolate milk type stout. It's, it's amazing. What they actually did with it was knock back some of the sugar and they played with it in such a way that it really drinks like chocolate milk without having to be. It's an experience. I mean, at the very least, Pop into Aspatuck Brew Lab and uh, get yourself a short pour and uh, check it out. Yeah. Um, I was going to say something. I totally forgot. This happens all the time. I don't know. But yeah, Obviously, I mean, it wasn't important. <laughs> the, the, real, the real vehicle with the spirits, I think, is going to keep more Connecticut business going. And that's something that I think will be really nice to see. Um, you know, just keeping our dollars here. Yeah. Because it's so easy to go and buy an imported product. I mean, think about it. In a liquor store, what what percentage do you figure is probably imported? Between wine, whiskey, beer, like how much is... Uh, yeah, well, you you know, and, and you're starting to see them in a lot of liquor stores um, is the, the local section. Right. Um, you'll have a section of local... Uh, it's that one in, in Milford. Total Wine? No, the small one on the post road. Small. They got the labels. Wines and more. Wines and more. Yeah. Um, they have a little section right by the right by the doors you walk in of local and organic wines. Yep. You know? That's that's kinda cool. So maybe we can start seeing a section of, you know, local spirits. You know, you, yeah, have, you see I mean, the cooler, local beer. Yeah, I know Moe's in uh Fairfield for sure has been doing stuff like that. Um there's a definite push, um, in certain stores, but it's, you know, it's push pull. I mean, I'm sure you've seen the larger box store, like total wine. And you know, that brings up the whole other aspect of what's happening in pretty much everyone's business ever since Amazon got to be a big thing. Well, yeah. And I mean, like even now you can have, um, you know, booze shipped to your house. You know, there really is an app for that. Yeah. Um, I'm looking at some beers from, uh, Virginia and Georgia. They just you know small little breweries like Aspatuck or Berlinetta. You know the you know obviously their distro isn't. You know it might be statewide at best. Right. But now with the internet, now I you know, they're making these things you know. More available, and I you know. I guess maybe a silver lining for all this technology. Well, you know, um, I mean, some of it, I'll argue, isn't supposed to be available. You know what I mean? So, like, when Two Roads, for example, um, and I'm sure a fair amount of the people that listen to our podcast know what Two Roads is. Yeah. <laughs> if you don't, it's a brewery. Um, but, uh, you know, the availability, some of it's meant to be exclusive, which is kind of nice, too, when you have that relationship back to the place that you're from. You know, it's... Right. For for beer, I jokingly say the exclusive is their variation on what wine would call terroir and stuff. Mm-hmm. It's their way of, of having that relationship to the place with the people, and the, they're like, okay, well, this is our nod to this without saying, like, hey, 
Yeah. And they really oh, make it agreed. for the taste of the audience. Like, um, I'm trying to think of one that C- um, Nebco's done. I always have to stop myself from calling them Seahag. Oh, well, they do. They do a lot of... Um, in fact, I was looking at a list of the top Connecticut beers, and they have, like, the top six. Yeah. Seahag, G-Bot... Coriolis, Double Fuzzy Baby Ducks, Fuzzy Baby Ducks. Um, and and for those of you who don't know about anything I just said, you just got to go and, and see it and, yeah. and taste it. And you're either going to love it or you're going to hate it. Yeah, um, I mean, that's one great thing about a brewery. Um, that's one thing I hope that the spirits world starts to solve. And that is to get the flights of things served. The only problem is, and this is, you know, this is always going to be a problem, right? What's the alcohol percentage? Well, you know, we were talking about the, when they're really hot, what's the alcohol percentage? Yeah. So luckily, even with a high volume beer, you have that capability to get a short pour. And I think, honestly, the highest I've seen at some of the breweries now where they'll actually still serve it to you. Um, not make you take it off site is maybe like 15, you know, and that that's still yeah. quite a bit. But the, the benefit is they'll serve it in a smaller format and it's more about appreciating the, the craftsmanship of it. Right. And the flavors and, you know, what it was made for, you know, um, you know, because you got to be safe about it. Um, oh, absolutely. Yeah. It's, you know, I, I love to pack them back like the like a champ. Um. John see me it's some of my best <laughs> um you know and and it's always important to know that when we do do that it's uh it's it's a couch for john and and, and a bed for me, and there's no motor vehicles um it's always a you can't really say that one enough, really, especially now during the holidays right about right it. well, and you know what the other the other component and uh you know the, there's there's a lot of dynamics you're not always um on the holidays, you know, sometimes you can get compromised because you get in an attitude with, you know, and not, look, not everybody has an easy family situation, you know, so it's it's easy to feel like uh, there's a little bit of therapy in that bottle that's not there. Sure, sure. <laughs> and, yep, well, then we can just go back to the previous episode and uh, my tips for right. holiday stress. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, um, yeah. What water you booze down, honestly, if you're at an event and you know it's gonna yeah. be if you gotta be there for whatever water, you know, or maybe no no booze at all. Hey, you know what? Yeah, you know, I mean, if it avoids problems, hey, fine. right? I mean, like Guinness makes uh, Guinness Zero now, actually yeah. good. Um, there's a lot of non-alcoholic beer. The uh, is that Athletic Brewing Co. Yeah, makes, absolutely. I think yeah. they're all non-alcoholic. Yeah, correct. Athletic so, is non-alcoholic. You know, so you um, still get the. You get your hop fix, but yeah, you know, sands the hangover the next day, which probably isn't bad, anyways. Yeah, so I mean, you know, it's a win. But um, yeah, that's uh, it's been a real kind of a bourbony whiskey week for me. Yeah, no, it it, uh, um, it seems I'm, it. I'm really you know enjoying myself with it. Um, but. Got to be careful with it, um, cause like uh the like Sono, uh does a lot of the higher proof stuff. 
Watercrest Farm, you know, their stuff was all, you know, pretty, pretty high test. Um, and I guess that's kind of the, kind of the trend now is, you know, making hot booze. Um, what I like to do, um, when it's particularly hot, um, I do this a lot with the barrel bourbons, um, is just a, a drop or two of, um, purified or distilled water. Okay. Um, and it just kind of opens it up a little bit. It's not enough where it's going to water it down, where it's going to, and, 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 you know, you're not, you know, lowering the proof on it, but it just opens the flavors up a little bit and kind of doesn't make it so hot. So I'm going to sound like a typical, uh, ugly American needing to have their beverages cold, uh, with this one. And, you know, everybody feel free to make fun of me about this, but I like the bourbon ice cube, the ball, even if I make an old fashioned, I still get the, the bourbon ball. Where it's the, I like it, it's dumb, but it kind of looks cool. You got like a beach ball in your glass almost. Like the two you left in my freezer? Yeah, there used to be three. <laughs> <laughs> we did that Friday night. Nice. And it felt good. It was nice. Uh, I actually had a cigar without you. Oh damn, what'd you smoke? Uh, uh, an Austin? I'm probably Ashton? Ashton. Yeah. Yeah. I actually have the box too. Mm-hmm. So, nice. this guy at, uh, in Colchester has a cigar shop. He puts all the empty boxes outside for two bucks. Oh, awesome. So, I bought a cigar in a box. Nice, there you go. It was great. A little bourbon. It was a great. I'll tell you what, that Friday night, Friday night, I have not laughed like, like that. Uh, it was Johnny Seawright, Cat, Ian. Oh, we're all part of the dream team. There you go. For those of you who are wondering, just come to Maddie's on a Friday night and you'll figure it out for yourself. It's why they don't serve these spirits there. Because it would be a a circus. It's already kind of a circus. But it's our circus and we love it. So, um... I guess that's it for for this little uh, segment here. Um, we're gonna we're gonna have people taste these, and um, next time you see Hatch, you know, give them some Den and Can love. Yeah, absolutely. Alrighty, hey, we'll be right back. Welcome back. Um, that was song number one. You're a mean one, Mr. Grinch. Uh, done by Small Town Titans. Uh, great band, too. Big shout out to you guys for this one. I, you're, all your music's great. But this one's just... Yeah. Oh, to quote the late 
infamous D Brown. Fuck yeah, man. Oh, we missed you, buddy, but... Ah, well, uh, thank you for tuning into this episode of the Denny Can Show. Um, hope you like it. It's uh, been a little bit more of a challenge to uh, get guests uh, as the holidays steamroller us through the, the rigmarole of getting ready and whatnot. Uh, so... We appreciate you. Um, we're probably going to do one more show after this. Um, we'll give you a little spot on New Year's Eve, of course. Um, we'll probably go live from wherever we end up. Um, and send you off with a nice New Year's message. Um and then we're going to get right back to it uh, in January. So um, lots of cool things happening. Um, so remember, join our group on Facebook, the Den of Can. Also uh, hit up that Instagram page. Uh, you can check out what uh, what we're up to. See the reels, see the posts. Um. Yeah, and uh, remember, always share your ideas in the group with everybody. Um, we really want to get a lot of, a lot of dialogue going with people, and uh, you know, share ideas. You know, spread the love. So, uh, please, don't forget. Always be kind, and remember, if you dented the can. The uh the beer was good. And as charming as an eel, You're a bad banana with a greasy black pea. Yeah. Have a great one. <laughs>